Now, I would like to speak to you this morning something that I spoke um, in January at our church, challenging our congregation. Uh, I always pray for a long period of time, what message should I give in the beginning of January, which will be a challenge to all of our, all of our church members, and we review it at the end of the year. So that comes from Book of Daniel, chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Daniel, chapter 6, verses 20 to 24. By the way, I have not seen uh, the clock till now, so it counts from now. <laughs> not all that I said, because I have not seen that before. So that's the Book of Daniel, chapter 6, uh, verses 20 onwards. <clears throat> I would like to read it. When Daniel knew, please uh, carefully look into your Bibles or your neighbor's Bibles if you don't want to listen carefully. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign the injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast. According to the law of maids and portions, which cannot be revoked, that they answered then, they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of maids and portions that no injunction or ordinance that the king established cannot be changed. Then the king commanded Daniel, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God whom you serve, continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his signet, and with the signet of his, of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at break of the day, the king arose and went in hassle, haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you so continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and shut the lions' mouths that they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him 
and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel was be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found in him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded and those men who had maliciously asked Daniel, accused Daniel, were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. And this is God's word. What a beautiful story it is. That happened several years back, 2,600 years back. What does it has got to do with us? We don't have lions now. And we don't have this kind of kings. We don't have this kind of rules. Well, let's see. The theme that I'm going to talk to you this morning, one discipline to change your life and to change my life. Every year, when we begin a new year, we come up with new commitments and decisions. Okay, this year I'll make this commitment, this decision. Of course, January passed and we are back. We feel a little guilty about it. We get used to it in February, then everything same like 2017 and 2018. This is how the life normally goes. So I don't want any commitment. I don't want any decision. All that I'm asking is a simple discipline, a small discipline that will change all of our lives. Even if you are a strong Christian, doesn't matter. A small discipline. Now Daniel was a young boy and thousands of his countrymen had been deported to a foreign land after Judah was conquered by Nebuchadnezzar, a Chaldean ruler. You know, the people of Israel have two kingdoms, Israel and Judah. Israel was gone long back. Finally, the mighty Nebuchadnezzar came, took Judah, destroyed the temple of God, took all the golden vessels. You remember that? All the golden vessels from the temple, destroyed the temple of God, and took every man and woman that can be useful. It's like United States. You get all our software engineers. You make a lot of money here, okay? Like that. Nebuchadnezzar got all the good, all the best to his country. He left old people, sick people, who were fit for nothing people. He left them there. Everybody was taken. Daniel was a teen at the time. He found himself all of a sudden surrounded by idolaters. He came into Babylon, a Chaldean country where idol worship was prevalent. All of a sudden he saw people were worshiping different gods, different statues that he had never seen in his life. He only know about the God of the Bible, Jehovah, to whom he used to pray, going into the temple. It was a different thing. Their habits were different. Their culture was different. The language was different. He was all of a sudden found in a different place. He didn't know probably what to do, he and certain other young men. But instead of giving away, this courageous young man held fast to his faith in his God and also his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and also several others. 
And these four of them have become a great models for the Jewish captives that are living in Babylon. Now, after Nebuchadnezzar, if you read book of uh, uh, book of Daniel, you see two different two different uh, uh, two kinds of uh, different kingdoms. Nebuchadnezzar belongs to Chaldean rule, and then afterwards, now this story, when this story chapter six is written, Chaldeans were gone. God overthrew him. You remember the story? Nebuchadnezzar he took the golden vessel, started drinking, and God wrote something. And nobody could interpret it. And Daniel was brought in. And Daniel interpreted it. And he said, God puts you. That's out. You're going to be out. The same night, he died. God gave the kingdom to Persians. In fact, book of Esther was also ruled under Persians. You see that? So Daniel served four different kings. Chaldean rulers, two of them. And two of them of the Persian rulers. Now Daniel, in all these four rulers, he was one of the top. Top three. Now, when this story happened in chapter six, we see Daniel was under the king called Darius. And he was one of the three high men. There are 120 satraps, means governors. Now it is not one country it is several countries. If you read book of Esther, you can clearly see from India to Ethiopia, they ruled. So 172 countries. May not be each, uh, each place may not be a country, but 127 regions. So that's the reason why they needed a lot of people. They needed a lot of computerization. They needed a lot of monies coming in from all these countries. And, he, and the kings appointed in each country a governor. And above the governors, there were three people appointed. That must be real faithful guy. And among the three, Darius trusted Daniel, the Judean captive, as the highest and most noble man. And they both became friends. Now that's the background of this story. Now, with that background, we are going to get into the story. Remember, Daniel was living in a foreign land. Jewish people were a minority, praying to God of the Bible, praying to Jesus Christ. There are only few people. How could you pray when everybody was criticizing you? You may say, well, how could I share gospel to the people that are around me? Majority of them, they don't really share my faith. Well, Daniel was in a worse place than you and me. They were pagan world. But Daniel learned one simple discipline ever since he was taken to this foreign land. Daniel was a man of discipline. He had one particular discipline, a discipline called prayer. He prayed, the Bible tells, we read the scripture, how many times a day? Three times a day. Three times a day that he prayed. And he prayed louder. That was, uh, that was uh, the commitment or that was the discipline he followed. Why he did it? Probably he wanted everybody to know that he is a Jewish boy. He only prays to the God of the Bible, Jewish God, Jehovah. And he wanted everybody to know. And he developed a small discipline to pray at three times. Didn't matter what others thought about it. And he was committed to that. You see that? 
And for him, that discipline was a great, not only a great discipline, it was a great decision that he has made. Because in order to be a, a strong witness like that, it needs a lot of guts. And Daniel could do that. I'm going to talk to you about four different things this morning. Daniel began with a small discipline. I was going to be the number one thing. Let me explain to you all the points and then I'll come back to the, second, uh, to the first one. The second one was Daniel was faithful in the discipline that he made. Once he made a discipline, he was faithful in following it up. And number three, Daniel became courageous, became bold because of the discipline. And finally, we see Daniel's testimony. Let's go back to point number one. Daniel began with a small discipline. And that discipline was praying three times a day. A small discipline that he had made when he was a kid. I don't know when he had made that discipline exactly. But probably, I think, as soon as he was taken as a slave, as a teen boy, I think he had made that discipline and said, I will pray to my God. I want my fellow people, either the students, and later on when he became on his way, when he got a job, and every time when he was going up in the ladder, every time he wanted that prayer to be a witness and everybody to know that he only worships Jehovah and no other God. He became one of the governors, and he became one of the top positions, both in the Nebuchadnezzar's rule, and afterwards, and prior to that, and even afterwards. And he prayed, the Bible tells, three times a day, according to verse 10. That's, what, that's where we began. As he had done previously, he prayed three times a day, even after the decree was signed that nobody should pray except to the king Darius. That was his habit. The Bible tells here in Western very clearly, as he had done previously, a discipline that he had started, followed it all the way in his student life, and later on, by the way, Daniel was not even a Jewish name. See, even the names weren't changed completely. See, my name is Arjuna. See, when I come here, I could change it as Mark, you see? But Daniel's name, it changed totally. He was even the Chaldean name was given. And he was praying three times a day. Now that discipline that he had started has become a habit. We do not know exactly when, but he committed to pray three times a day. How could he pray three times a day when he was above the governor? Like three ministers. When you're top three officials. How would you find time? But that is a discipline, a small discipline way back he started and he was doing it. Because of his prayer life, because of his discipline, and because he was faithful in the discipline, God highly exalted him. That's why it is written here. I would like to bring two verses this morning to you. Chapter 6, verse 3. Chapter 5, verse 11. Let me read to you. Chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel became distinguished about all other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. Chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel became distinguished about all other officials. 120 governors, three people that were at the top. King favored among the three, Daniel. 
And the reason is Daniel became distinguished among all other officials because there is a spirit that God put on him because of a discipline that he had followed. To confirm that, go to the previous chapter, chapter 5, verse 11. A, a different king at the time, a different king. Then he, it says here in verse 11, there's a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of holy gods. So every kingdom, every king started realizing there is something special about Daniel. That is not because of Daniel. That is because of his God. And it is because of his God, because he committed for a particular discipline. He faithfully followed in that discipline. Friend, what changes our lives is a discipline that you start having it in your life today and follow it. I'll come back to that again. Now you had a choice to make. A decree was signed. You can't pray to anyone other than the, to the King Darius. Will he pray louder now? Will he open up his windows towards Jerusalem as he has done? Will he kneel down and pray as, it, as he has committed to do it? Once it was a small discipline, but now the small discipline that he had followed many years had called for a big decision. See, when you, are, when you and I are asked to make big decisions, we cannot do it. It's so hard for us. The reason is because we don't have disciplines. We don't have. And even if we have, we don't follow it up faithfully. Therefore, when we call to make big decisions, we fail utterly and we are scared utterly. A person like me, I would say, well, since the decree was signed that nobody should pray except to the king, to anybody else. Well, I'm a good Christian all these years. Why should I open the windows? I close the windows. Why should I pray louder? After all, God hears our hearts. He knows our hearts. So I will be very silent to pray. But that's not the discipline that he, Daniel had committed. That's where faithfulness comes. Daniel said, I will open up my windows. He's been suffering for several years. Some commentator said that he worked as a governor until he was 80 years old. No retirement, I guess. Because everybody liked him. Everybody liked him. I would say, well, it, God, God knows my heart. Now the situation is different. The political situation is different now. Therefore, I'll close my windows. I won't pray louder. I will pray silently. You see how my theology goes? It goes differently because we compromise. But that's not the commitment that he had made in order for his, for his discipline. Will they thank God now? The Bible tells here, he opened the windows, he prayed louder, he knelt down, and also he thanked the Lord. What did he thank the Lord? Probably for the way that God raised him up. God, I'm a slave boy, but you have brought him to the top positions. I thank you. Will he thank now? Of course he thanked God. Because the Bible tells he thanked God. Lord, thank you. You brought me to this position. I don't know what happens. That doesn't matter. What happens is your glory matters to me. Me being faithful to you matters to you. I thank you. I thank you. A small discipline and a small choice. Friends, life is the sum of many small choices. We have big choices, big decisions we make. 
and we take care of them. But you know, every day we make small choices. Every day. Big decisions. Whom to marry? What to study? How many kids do we have? Where do we go? Job. Shall we live in Seattle or go somewhere else? A few big decisions. But the small choices, small discipline, we always make them. And we need to be careful with them. Once you're faithful in those disciplines that we make them every day, that will change our life when we live on the earth and also when we live afterwards. Now these disciplines that whatever Daniel had, he formed a habit. I want you to understand whatever the habits you have, they're your disciplines. You know, when, um, for example, let me give you. Let's see a chain smoker or a drunkard or somebody. Nobody wanted, you know, I would be a chain smoker when he started it. I'll be a drunkard. No. I said, no, I'll just try it. Then it was slowly formed a habit. You see that? And habit. And continued. And continued. That became a part of his life and he couldn't get away with it. Same way it works even with the spiritual disciplines. With the spiritual disciplines. You're one discipline away from changing your life forever. Some of us have been Christians for a long time. We have become slack in things. Do we read the Bible every day? Do we listen to God every day? How should we go? I had to make a discipline in the month of August when we had church anniversary for three days. I asked, you know, this is the discipline I'm going to follow. I made a discipline. Every day morning when I get up, I have a temptation. Should read the Bible first or newspaper first? You see that? Newspaper first. I was going to the newspaper most of the time. I said, I'll read the headlines. No, it, you, you won't stop with the headlines. Once you start the headlines, you will go. You see, you see? So I made a decision, a small discipline at that time. I said, no, I would wait to listen to God first before the world speaks to me. I want to hear God first. That's a discipline. I had failed a few times over the few months, over the few months, but not, but I didn't let it go. But I didn't let it go. A small discipline, but that makes a big difference. Some of you need to do that. Some of you need to pray. You don't have time. And small discipline, that will change your life. And that's how God knows you're faithful. You're serious about him. When you're serious about him, and God is serious about you. God is serious about you. I was visiting one of my, um, one of an engineer who works at the steel plant some time back. And I asked him, are you reading your Bible first? I'm, I was discipling him. Uh, you will. No, 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 Pastor. I was not reading the Bible because I had to go to. Be, I had to be at the work at five o'clock. So I'm not reading the Bible. I I used to go at eleven o'clock, but now I'm going at five o'clock. So I had to get up at three thirty, four o'clock, and get ready and go. I looked at him and said, "Okay, what time are you getting up?" I got into the business a little bit. He said, "I'm getting up at uh, uh, four o'clock." I said, "Is it a problem for you to get up?" 20 or 30 minutes before, I said, no problem, no problem. I said, once you get up at 3.30 or 3.40, why don't you take that 15, 20 minutes time and pray? He said, yes, I will do that. Very simple. See that? We have time for everything. Some discipline, that will change. 
a small discipline. That's how God sees how faithful you are. That's how God acts on your behalf. I'm not asking. God is not asking for a big commitment, a small discipline. Reading the Bible, praying, or attending the church unless something disturbs. These are godly disciplines like Daniel had. Paul said to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, bodily discipline is only a little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds a promise for the present life and also for the future to come. Disciplines some godly disciplines, small ones, small ones. I don't know what is your area, what discipline, but I'm asking you one discipline. Maybe right now you're thinking in your mind, oh man, I had to make so many disciplines. My life is a mess. No, no, please don't do that. I don't want two or three or 30. I want one discipline. I'm challenging you this morning as a Christian. As a Christian. One discipline. What is the one discipline that you want to take in your life so that God would honor your discipline and will work in your life? Don't say I will do two. Please do not do that. You will fail. Even if you have a courage and say, I will do, please don't do it. Please don't. One discipline. Next year, you do the second one. See that? And the following year, you do the third one. That will be better for you. Number two. Daniel was faithful in his decision. You know, we talked about as a, as a, as a teenager, he was taken to Judah as a slave. He was faithful. He made that decision. He followed it up. He went to college. He went to Seattle Pacific. Finished his degrees. Got all the way. Okay, he got his MBA. Now he went up the ladder. King had appointed him one of the governors. Now it's a challenge. But still, he was a busy man. He was a busy man. But he said, okay, I'll open up my office chambers. Morning, afternoon, and evening. Towards Jerusalem, I will pray louder so that all my colleagues would hear that I'm praying to my God. See that? He was able to do that. Faithful, he did. You know what faithfulness means? I would like to give you three simple things about faithfulness. Faithfulness means even when it is hard, you're faithful to do that. Let's say you made a discipline that I would like to pray every morning 15 minutes. I would like to read the word. Okay, things are not good. You're having a bad mood or something or something. Even at hard times, you should follow it. Faithfulness means making petition for Daniel, making petition three times a day, even when it is hard. And that kept him grow. That kept him grow. Faithfulness means when you know there is no one to help. According to verse 14, Said the king tried to help, but he could not help. There's no one to help. You know, there's sometimes you think my friends will help, my security will help, my money will help, my good job will help, my family will help, my church will help. So and so promised me nothing will come to your rescue at hard times. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, some of you. You have experienced that. You may have a big bank balance, you may have good education, you may have a good job, nothing. This man, Daniel, had everything, and also he had the king's favor. But nothing had helped him. King tried to help him, but he could not. Your situation will often be like that. Faithfulness means when the law cannot help, 
Yes, you're just, you're right. You should get favor 100%. I had recently a court case on a piece of land. Uh, it should be on my favor 100%, 101%. But the judge had something, whatever it is, it was not on my favor. It's not on their favor too. Look at a judgment. Because you cannot do that. So the pronouncement of the judgment was, it is not the, this side, it is not this side. Nobody owns the land. Neither them, nor them. That's the judgment. How foolish was that? Was it a court? So you had to go for appeal to a higher court now. So the law cannot help. You're just law. When the law cannot help. Verse 15, Daniel is a wise man and he knew no one on earth could help him or save him except his God. If he doesn't help, he was willing to die for his faithfulness. Some of you may be thinking, I had some disciplines in the past, but I had failed. I didn't follow up them faithfully all these years and I regret it. I regret it many times and I do regret it even now. What should I do now? Is it all over? No, it's not over. You can start again. You can start again. If you want to be faithful, then what you need to do is not to worry about what had happened in the past. What had happened from here on, that's going to help you. You need to start. Maria Robinson, an African-American woman that lived before the Civil War. You know what she said? Very poor woman. What she said? Nobody can go back and start a new beginning. But anyone can start today and make a new ending. For an African-American lived before the Civil War, if she could say that. Let me repeat the statement again. Nobody can go back and start a new beginning. But anybody can start today and make a new ending. Don't worry what had happened, how you have failed, and how you did not do it. Start today. Your ending will be different. You can't go back. But you can go to the future. And you can give your future and put it in God's hands. You and I, God can bring your future to a nice shape. Let me give you two biblical examples. Saul, the first king. David, the second king of Israel. Saul did a mistake. But he never repented. He never came back. He was never sorry about it. David did crimes. He was an adulterer. And then he killed. He was a murderer. He sinned more than Saul. But he repented. He can't go back to rectify it. But certainly he repented it. And went to the future. Gave the future to his hands. And God and David both did the future. A great ending. Small discipline. So many people take successful life. Is made up of a few bigger disciplines. No, it's small disciplines that will go, that will take you to success. If you want to run a marathon, well, you can't start today unless you're already in it. If you ask me to run a marathon, I can't do it because I only go one mile a day or two miles a day. Okay, I can't do that. Maybe some of the young people you say, okay, I want to make uh, apple pie today. Now, first, you need to know how to make a cup of coffee. That's where it begins. You see that? That's, that's where it begins. So you want to make a big decision? Uh, before you make a big decision, start your life with small decisions, small disciplines. That will take you there. The Bible tells Prophet Zechariah, chapter 10, 
uh, chapter 4, verse 10. Do not despise small beginnings. Small discipline. Do not despise them. Small discipline. You have failed. Don't worry about it. You can't do anything about it. But certainly you can do something about the future. And God is after you for that. Don't worry what had happened. Be faithful from now on. Make a discipline. Follow it faithfully. Let me move on to the third one. Daniel made a courageous decision. Daniel's discipline followed it faithfully many years. When the hard time came, gave him courage to make a big decisions. He was willing to go to the lion's den. He could not have made that courageous decision if he had not been following the disciplines and if he had not been following it faithfully. The courage, the boldness would not have come. Daniel was at the crossroads now. If you pray to other than the king, you will end up in the lion's den. Well, and Daniel's conscience said, well, I have prayed all these years, ever since I was a teen boy. and I've been faithful, and God was faithful to me. Now I want to be faithful even at this crossroads. His disciplines had led him to make a courageous decision. He didn't compromise, and he was not hypocritical, but he was able to put his life to risk because of his faithfulness in his disciplines. Now the question is, can he continue to pray? Can he continue to open the windows? Can he continue to pray louder so that others can hear? A discipline to be made, a courageous discipline. A small discipline now called for a big decision. Without these disciplines, you and I cannot make these bigger decisions. According to verse 16, Daniel was asked to be thrown into the lion's den. Read verse 16. It looks like it's over. It's over. Daniel, your life is over. You're God. And you now. It's nothing. Once you go to the lion's den, man, you're out. You're out. You're out. Maybe some of you may be thinking, my life is over. It's not over. Start with the discipline. The king commanded Daniel was brought and thrown into the lion's den. And he sure was. He was not mad about his faith, but he was faithful about his faith. Probably he didn't act like Job's wife who said, deny God. It may be over for her, but certainly it looks over. But it is God who decides. How God decides is not only through his grace, but also through the faithfulness. Because it's written here in verse 22. This is where we end up with the wrong doctrine and the wrong theology. That's where verse 22 is important here. He said, Daniel said, because I was found blameless, God rescued me. Now we always talk about grace. Yes, God is gracious. Yes, that's the reason why he was up. But in his grace that we have received salvation by his grace. But at the same time that we need to act faithful. We need to be faithful. We need to be honest. If we don't, well, we are wasting, we're misusing the grace. And therefore, if we're not found faithful, how can God bless us? 
Of course, God will bless us in whatever the way, not only the crumbs, but in such a way that where his name is greatly glorified, that only comes according to verse 22, because I was found blameless. Because I was faithful, God rescued me. Was grace included? Yes, it is all under grace. It's all under grace. You know, I begin to think if you read verse 16b and verse 20, the next day morning the king goes to Daniel's place, the lion's den, and asks, Daniel, God whom you serve is able to save you. You know, I have a feeling the king and Daniel might have shared in the same faith. I think they probably might have believed in the same God. I don't know, but I believe. He says, May whom you guard, whom you serve continually. Daniel, the servant of the living God, has your God saved you? Servant of the living God, there is only one living God. The king, Darius, confesses there is only one God who is the living God, and he's the only one that can save you, Daniel. Nobody else. I'm not the king. It's only just made up for the sake of the people. But I know your God is the living God. You know, that's why I believe, who knows? He may be a Christian. Who knows? Salvation belongs to the heart. You know, one of the surprises in heaven will be, there will be two surprises. One is people who think that they will be there in heaven, they will not be there. Another thing is people who think that they will not be there, they are there, and who think they are there, they will not be there. Those are two surprises. Who knows, Darius is a Christian, but he sure appears to be. I don't know. You want to find out? Well, let's go and find out. If you're not coming to heaven... Well, make a small discipline this morning and say, yes, I know. I put away Christ for a long, long time. I knew, I knew him. God speaks to me, but I put away for a long, long time. I make a decision now. King Darius had appointed 120 governors, and Daniel was on the top of the three. Now, I want you to understand it. Even among the top of the three, Daniel was favored the most. Now there is a story behind the success of Daniel and it was not achieved overnight. God rescued Daniel now because there was a discipline he followed. See there was another story there. In order to happen this story for God to deliver Daniel out of the lion's den, there was a story that God considered. So your disciplines, that will become your story. When the time comes, these stories will help for God to walk along with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That story. You can't, I can't simply preach to you and say, well, God delivered Daniel out of the lion's den so he can deliver you whatever is the problem. That's a wrong gospel. That's a wrong gospel. God delivered Daniel because he had some other stories and he was faithful in that. He was faithful in that. And because God honored those disciplines, those stories, that life, that commitment, and now God rescued Daniel. Success does not come overnight. Behind every great story, there's always another story. Daniel was rescued. Great story. The rescue story is attached to the discipline story. Was Daniel afraid of lions? Was not Daniel afraid of lions? Sure, he was afraid of lions. 
but his disciplines had led him to be faithful even at hard times when he had to make a big decision. Why did God close the mouths of the lions? Why God looked unto him favorably? The story continues. God is the perfecter of our faith. Daniel started his life with a small discipline and it went on and on and on. Make sure to follow the discipline faithfully. You know, there's a little humor in this story. You know who did not sleep that night when Daniel was in the lion's den? The king did not sleep because the Bible tells he was fasting. And also there's another phrase, the second phrase that the writer, the author implies and says, sleep went away from the king. So he was fasting and he didn't sleep. You know who are the second people that did not, who are the second ones, second category that did not sleep? The lions. Because they had a good meat in front of them, but they couldn't eat because God closed the lions. You know who slept on that night? Daniel. In the lion's den. He prayed louder as usual. He got tired and then he slept. He knew. No lion touched him. He said, oh, I can sleep among the lions. Among the lions. Friends, I want to tell you something. You will have to face lions in your life someday. You might have faced. You will have to face lions. And you're not going to like the lions. Nobody's going to like the lions. But if you don't have the disciplines and follow them, it will be hard to face those lions without God's help. I know what I'm talking about. I had lions over the last few years that I've been facing. But God had come for my rescue. Literally, God had come for my rescue. I didn't want to live because there are lions, those problems. I didn't want to run away. I desired to be with God because I didn't want to face them. But God came for the rescue. Nobody likes the lions. You may have a lion right now, or you will, or you might have faced lions. You know what I'm talking about. Nobody likes lions. Last one, God. Daniel's testimony. God has shut the lion's mouths, he says, because I was found faithful, verse 22. Daniel walked towards God faithfully and God also walked towards Daniel. Do you know why the lions did not eat Daniel that night? Ah, there was a story. There was another humor here. You know, all the lions said, you know, there are a lot of lions. All the lions said, if we eat this man, we have only one man. We don't even get a piece, a bone. But if we wait for this man to go away, see, Daniel had a, a, a distinctive spirit. You see that? Probably that spirit might be operating on the lines. I don't know. This is I'm making up. <laughs> don't count it. It's not inspired. So if we let this guy go, the king will get mad and will bring all Daniel's enemies, his family, his wives and children, we will have a stake, we'll have a feast. So that's why probably they let him go. I don't know. Daniel was found faithful. And he says, I have trusted in him. The enemies and their families together were thrown and were eaten up. What a testimony it is. What a testimony Daniel tells. Because I was found faithful, 
God shut the mouths of the lions. Is it something, your faithfulness and God working? Yes, there is something to it. Don't say always grace. Grace and your faithfulness, when joined together, that's where God is mostly glorified. That's where your problems are solved. That's where your lines and our lines will be chartered away. Daniel was found faithful. He says, and I trusted him. What did Daniel trust according to verse 23? Because I trusted that God, my God, whom I serve continually, will shut the mouths of the lions, and he did it. Well, I want to close, wrap up. God glorified through Daniel's discipline. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. And the answer is, Yes. Interestingly, how God is glorified through this, the king comes down, comes to know God, and he makes a decree in all his dominions, all from India to Ethiopia, about the God of Daniel to all the kingdoms. People ought to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. One man, one discipline. Small discipline, but not only changes you, help your family, help a lot of people. Small display. Daniel was thrown into lion's den by the sin and jealousy and bitterness of his enemies. But he came out alive. God brought him alive. 600 years after this story had taken place, Jesus was thrown by his enemies for the bitterness and jealousy. But God did not rescue him as he did Daniel, but he put him to death. He let him die. God the Father saved Daniel, but not Jesus. In Daniel's case, his enemies were dead. But in Christ's case, his enemies were made alive because Jesus took the death upon himself. As Paul said in Ephesians 2, we were dead in our sins and trespasses. But God, because Jesus took our death, we came alive. What a story it is. We are much bigger than Daniel who took our death. Who took our death and rescued us. We were like Daniel's enemies. Yes. We were the ones that crucified him. But God in his mercy had put Jesus, his son, unto the death and rescued us. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Remember a stone was brought and laid down in front of the lion's den. At the mouth of the den. And also it says... A seal was put in there. All the officials put a seal there according to verse 17. Next day when king found out that Daniel was alive, the king had to come to open the seal and to move the stones so that Daniel could come out. But Jesus, after his death, when he was buried in the tomb, as he had promised, he came out of the tomb by removing the stone that was hindering him and he broke off the seal because he has power to give his life and to take back his life. Friends, you and I are sealed, sealed with Jesus Christ. Nothing will happen to you, even if you face lions, because we received salvation by grace and if you're faithful, that will happen to you. He came out of the tomb by removing the stone and seal by himself. 
praise God. What a God we have. What a God we serve. Some of you may be thinking, Daniel is a big man, he's a giant. I'm a small man with my faults. Well, Daniel also had got faults. You know that? Daniel was not a perfect man. He was false. You know one of the false? He's a pure vegetarian. <laughs> pure vegetarian. I'm not looking for a vegetarian lunch call this morning. He and me knows good restaurants, good food. We're not looking for that. It's, it's my prayer, friends. Make a small discipline. Not calling for a decision. Follow it through. A small one. Not a big one. Whatever the thing that's bothering you that you have failed. You're guilty about it. Make a small discipline and say, yes, I'll follow it. You may fail on the way. But don't worry. Go back quickly. Get back quickly. That will build you up. A man and a woman of character. And your faithfulness that will rescue you. Any lions you can face. You can be confident like Daniel and say, my God will rescue me. He will not keep me here. Shall we pray? Jesus, we thank you. For what a wonderful story it is. Took place 2,600 years back. But it is relevant to us even now. We have a lot of lines that we face every day. We have a lot of bitter, jealousy people that do not like us because we are Christians, because we pray to you. Because of our faithfulness to you, people don't like us. But help us, Lord, to be strong witnesses. And help us, Lord, to bring glory. Whatever the discipline that we make today. Maybe some of us need to make. I know about Christ, but I have not made him as the savior of my life. Maybe some of us that had, that, 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 that have failed in our disciplines. Lord, as we even make, as your Holy Spirit moves in their hearts to make a discipline, I pray that you would bring them so that they would make the discipline and would be faithful to you, Father, so that we can glorify your name and bring praises to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.